tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hello, Strainiacs, and thank you for tuning in to a special edition of the Strain After Show here. This is a short little interview with Robert Maillet, who plays the physical body of the master on FX's The Strain. He's had a very long career, and guys, if you haven't seen him, you've probably seen him, if that makes any sense to you. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. So... I want to just go through this really quick and like kind of talk about how you got involved with uh, with the strain to begin with because I mean it's such an amazing show and it's such a show that a lot of people wanted to be in but you never know how people kind of got involved in the project to begin with. My involvement, well, I well Guillermo, I was approached by Guillermo del Toro, which uh, he approached me, he, he offered me the role as to play the master. And it's because my experience with him, working experience with him, uh, working on Pacific Rim with him, which he did offer me a role in Pacific Rim without doing an audition. So twice he offered me a role to play in his, uh, you know, in his, to play his characters. And, uh, so yeah, six months before, it was six months before they started shooting, started shooting the pilot where he offered me the role. As a master, so of course I had to read the books. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I read, so I read, so to understand what what was the world, what was my character from, and what the whole world Guillermo created. You know, and so, uh, yeah. Was and it I'm a little bit? Just, was it a little bit intimidating to to know that you're going to have to put on like every scene you're in, you're going to be in full prosthetics. Every scene, it's going to be what is it? Five hours of makeup in the chair just to get ready for one scene if you have to shoot it. Not actually, not that long. Actually, it's, it's three hours for makeup. But no, I'm, I'm used to makeup applying on me. I'm used to that from the previous work, from 300 to uh, to Percy Jackson. You know, about 300 was the longest one. Actually, it was five hours. Oh wow! Which is pretty long. But uh, no, I for me, no, it's great. Complaining, it's pretty relaxing when you're on your on the chair when you're talking to some. The two guys, Sean and, uh, and Steve, who are, who are playing the makeup, and they just talk about anything, everything about movies. <laughs> so it's really, it's a, it's a good afternoon spending time with them while they're applying the whole thing. And uh, no, it's not stressful for me. It's used to it. Actually, it's a routine. Plus, I have to wear it all day, which is 12, 13 hours. You know, with the makeup, with the uh, master makeup on too. So sometimes I do sleep with it. And I, <laughs> <laughs> is becomes it becomes an issue? Becomes an issue when you eat when right? it's lunchtime because it's messy, of course. So you have to do always clean it up or repair and stuff before before you know when breaks over. But no, it's it's actually it's not that bad. You know, you know it's kind of nice. <laughs> you have to you have to get up early before. 
everybody else, of course, you know. So it's uh, we pick you up around five in the morning or something, but just because it takes so long to put on. But uh, no, it's, it's I'm used to it. It helps for me to get into character when you see them, when you see myself with the with the master face and stuff. It's I can make facial movements and it, it really helps get into the the whole thing, the whole character. So <laughs> with the character of the master, it's it's everyone knows this is going to be an iconic show to begin with. When when they were developing it, everyone had such high expectations, and with the choices they made in what the master looks like, what what are your kind of what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you when you're seeing it in person, like is it is it terrifying to you, or is it kind of do you kind of have different thoughts of where the inspiration for its look came from? Uh. I knew the inspiration where it came from, and I do love when I when I first saw the concept art. Uh, this is a couple months before I started shooting. It was it was amazing for me. You know, it was powerful, you know, and that's what the master would, would be powerful and disturbingly look, looking as well. It's just scary, just, you know. And he does have my in a way has he does have my likeness. So he, of course. <laughs> Within the books, he took it from when when the master took over the body of Joseph Sardou, the nobleman, back in you know 300 years ago, who suffered from diacondism, which I don't, by the way. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I do, I do understand. This is all Guillermo. This is all. I mean, he created, he envisioned it, and of course, it's a lot of creature effects guys and sculptors who, who put it to life. And, and uh, no, it looked amazing the first time I saw it. It looked yeah, beautiful, and it, 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 for me, it really did tell me how to perceive the character in a way. And the, the arrogance—he looked like he was very arrogant, and, and a lot of uh, homage as well. Because Guillermo is a big fan of old, old vampire films like Nosferatu, and even the remake with uh, Tarkovsky. Uh, so they're on the opposite with the ears and the, and the rat teeth. And no, I, I, I was blown away by it. I really was. And I still do today. And, 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 uh, it, is, it is interesting with the uh, the whole thing with the... Because at first, the first part of the series, which I was covered, I was uh, I had I had the nose. But uh, Guillermo changed his mind when the, the scene with Oberst, uh, when he changes... Ah, uh, the makeup, when he puts all the makeup on. He realizes that, of course, the the, the Stigwa, the vampires, have no nose, like in on the books, in, based on the books. So he, he decided the master wouldn't have a nose, and that's how to half part halfway through the uh, the season to shoot to give the more than nose. Which added for him, for him was important because with the nose, I looked like Robert Mayer, and without it, looked like the master. So then, for me, for me, it helped too because without the nose, it is kind of visually disturbing. <laughs> you know, big a big hole there; it's kind of unpleasant to look at. So that's that that helped really help to you know to the character very, very much. How heavy is the makeup? Because a lot of people were saying that it looks like it weighs about fifty pounds on your shoulders, and you're walking around all day in this. And, like, do they even think about you? And they're like, hey, we're going to shoot all his scenes today. Or, no, we're going to make him get into makeup every day for three weeks. And even if we're like, oh, let's film pickups today. Let's film pickups tomorrow, too. <laughs> but the makeup was fine. The wardrobe. You know, the wardrobe. Yeah. The makeup was fine. You know, it didn't bother me at all. 
the wardrobe was it was heavy. It was hundred pounds actually. Oh, the wow. cape, the cape itself, the huge cape, which they ordered the fabrics from from China, and uh, beautiful job they did on the cape. But uh, it was uh, I remember the first time I, I wore it in a wardrobe fitting, and it was heavy. It was heavy to move around with, and uh, and I was. Uh, uh, and plus, it's not only the cape I'm wearing. Underneath, I'm wearing no uh, period clothing as well. I have a jacket. I have a, a vest, and uh, I have uh, suspenders holding my pants. On my pants. <laughs> well, that's just because when Master took, took over the Mobile, the Sardou, this is back back during the period time. You know, he was a nobleman, so he still kept the clothes, even though you don't see it. We haven't seen it yet in the, in, the, in the season yet, but I have to wear it just in case. And so it layers and layers and layers of clothing. So I was uh, I, I wanted I wanted to make sure I had a, a vest underneath all of that with ice to cool me down. Which oh yeah. I, which, I did. Did, which added a little more weight to it too, because I have two uh, packs of ice in front of me and on my on my back as well, and then putting putting the wardrobe over it. So you kind of it was a little bulkier, but it saved me because if it wasn't for that, I would have melted like like a bank. <laughs> that's that's insane. But when when you're when you're doing a character like the master, it is uh, it's it's crazy. You're running around. You're in you're in a hundred pounds of clothing. You got ice packs on. You got you got to stay in character. What do you think that like your work as Kurgan has helped you in your in your physical acting and having to portray things without having without being able to speak really because I know that they have a different voice for the master himself but sure. you are everything that is the personification of what he emotes in his body language Absolutely it's all physical it's all, it's the, the the makeup itself is all telling a story you know it's pretty much what it is telling you know and uh the way you move, uh, it, I learned a lot. Of course, I don't. My guy who doesn't complain a lot uh, at all. I mean, I'm, when I was offered the role, I was so privileged that he offered me. Think Alamo did offer me, so I, I can take, I can take abuse. You know? <laughs> and, and, I, and I do speak. I do speak as the master, but I'm dubbed. But I'm, I speak my lines just to help to help the actors. And uh, and uh, but yes, I'm dubbed. Of course, uh, Robin Downs, who is a wonderful voiceover actor, was just a voiceover master. Uh, yeah, my physical, I guess my past when written wrestling, it really had to tell the story with your body. And I can, I can, you know, the way I look, of course, that's how, how I get gigs and supposed to play the henchman, the bad guy, or <laughs> just the way I look. I can, I can play the intimidating factor, you know, the important factor. And but as I know that the, the the master the Guillermo wanted something specific how the master would move how uh, vampires move, and so he hired uh, Robert, uh, Roberto uh, Tepanela. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his last name, but he's a he's a he's a he's a, uh, a dancer, professional dancer. But he's there for how he was with us, Tepanela. I'm sorry, but he was with us to train the vampire movements. All all events you see in the show. Uh, were all trained by him. He had, he had, he had a band school, so this is kind of funny. But uh, he trained specifically with me how how the master would move, and and because his body is all contorted, you know, mm -hmm. he's over three hundred years old. I mean, 
thousand years old. Okay? That body is three hundred years old. So over time, the body gets twisted and contorted and stressed. And Galama was something inspired by the old, the older films, both Nosferatu, the way he moved and silent. And that really, it really did help me how to get into the, the whole character thing and how to move. Because the master doesn't really, like I say, he moves around a lot. He runs around, but it's crazy. <laughs> Good thing it's CG, so I didn't have to do that. <laughs> but most, the most part, I'm very still. For the most, yeah, for the most part, when you see close up, I'm very still. And uh, and I think better when you're still, when you don't. It's, it's kind of dangerous that way because you don't know when he'll go nuts. He may act like an old an old vampire, like an ancient vampire, which he is. But when he's he's an animal, when he wants, when he's hungry, when he's he just he's fear, you know, he's fearless. I mean, he's just powerful, you know, entity. Well, we saw him. We saw him in the first episode crush somebody's skull. So I mean, he's. Well, he's that was, I, I hurt my hand doing it too. <laughs> Wait, really? I, you know, yeah. You know how tough it is to crush a guy's skull in. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You think you'd be used to it by now? Was that? You think you'd be used to it by now? That's right. But yeah, because it, it obviously it wasn't it wasn't the actor where it was a plumbing the head. Obviously, uh, the 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 head was. Uh, Collapsed, you know, a prosthetic head, a dummy head, you know, was able to collapse. But there was an edge that wasn't collapsible. It's kind of the the, the end part of the ear, I suppose. So when Galamo said, "Go, go, ang- get angry," you know, so I thought of something to get me off angry, like a guy cut me off uh, in traffic one day. <laughs> so I basically gave all my concentration on, on that memory, and I just went nuts on him. And and because you're not looking. You know, really, when you're punching the guy's skull in. So I did hurt my hand doing it, and I pulled my hand with blue and black. And then I had to continue doing it for repeatedly Ooh. several takes afterwards, too. So for the whole week, I couldn't push, I couldn't push weight. <laughs> couldn't use, oh. you know, but uh, it was worth it to do it, you know, because it is a powerful scene. That's a great way to introduce the master, you know. Oh, yeah, it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing scene. And it's, everyone kind of wonders why, but it also, it, it just sets the, it sets the tone for who the master is and the power well, he exudes. It explains the master doesn't care about humans. Basically, like Guillermo was saying many times, that that's why he did the scene. It's like somebody drinking a, a Capri juice. And when you're done, you squeeze the, the, the you know, the box and you mm. throw it away. That's pretty much <laughs> how the man is humans. Basically, you know, <laughs> pretty much. He's a, drink, much he's, he's a drinker of men and he crushes the can on his forehead. You know, when he's done, he just crushes it. And that's the whole idea, the whole point of it all, really. Can I yeah, ask so about that scene? Um, do they, when when you're crushing the skull and the, then they have the body of the, uh, not the captain, but uh, the CDC guy. Do they make do they make the the prosthetics that you're that you're crushing? Do they make it smaller so the master appears larger, or are the hands that you have attached just much bigger? The hands. Well, I do wear gloves. The hands are gloves. You put them on. You put them on as gloves. I mean, I do have big hands. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how tall are you? It's hard to tell. I do, but I do have. You know, I know that they can. So putting the gloves on, yeah, it does make it look bigger, especially with the, the middle finger. Mm-hmm. The towel on I have, and the the, the freak, freakishly, you know, fingernails. <laughs> it's, 
He makes it look bigger, of course, which might, you know, just, uh, well, it's pretty much proportion. And the head was all proportion with the actor as well. It's just my, what I wore, the suit, you know, the, what makes me look um, bigger than, than life. And, you know, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I do have, you know, there's a reason I got hired for the part. So. <laughs> well, Jim Watson, uh, Jim Watson, who plays young Satrakian, of course, you know, Jim. Um, we talked to him the other day, and he was talking about how when you crush his hands in that scene in, in the in the work camp, he's like, no, like he he really does have big hands. But do you do you feel very powerful in those moments where you're like lifting somebody up just by your hands, even with the the things attached to them? Absolutely. You feel, when you when you put the when you become the master, you do feel powerful. People back up. People back away from you. When you enter on set, they just they look at you and then you back away. And that's normally in my life. People do back away when they see me, but not with the master. They even more. They go even further away. You know. <laughs> but they're they're no. You do feel powerful. You do, and you you you're you know because whatever scene you're doing. You know, he is the master. He's the, I think he's the most powerful character I ever played, really. And you do feel, you know, part of the scene, what he is and what he can do. You do, you know, it, you, yeah, you do feel it, and it, it, which is great, you know, for me. I mean, if I try not to get my head big, it's big because of it. <laughs> I don't tend to believe it, but, uh, but you do, you really do feel, you know, powerful with it, you know, with the whole, Especially when he's crushing his hand, and especially when he sells it too. So, oh yeah. You know, he's a, Jim Jim is a pretty very very good actor, and uh, I, I really thought he was in pain. Especially like, now the scene with the uh, when I turn Urquhart, you know, Richard Simmel. Uh, when I turn him, when he screams, when I open him up, and he screams, uh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a great actor. He's so he's. he's you know, he really gets into it, and he, he, he freaked me out. I really thought I really heard him. <laughs> so so you, it's great, you know, for me, it really helps the, the scene. You know, it helps my character to motivate, you know. It's, yeah, you, you do feel powerful. Well, you've had the, you've had the three scenes that, that really display that. It's where you're crushing the head of the CDC guy. It's where you're, you're breaking Satrakian's hands, and it's when you're holding Corey Stoll by his face... And just sure. laughing in his face and doing this monologue about how you are the drinker of men and he is nothing to you. And you're kind of comparing him to Satrak in a way in that scene. Um, do you, is it ever like kind of awkward on set when you're holding Corey Stoll by the neck and you just kind of want to stop and be like, wait, well, it, I mean, it is, it is, it is kind of weird. Yes, it is surreal. The way I look. You know, it's it is you know it is over the top. It's just, you know, <laughs> but you do you do tend to laugh between between takes and stuff. You know, but during sometimes you just laugh. You know, you, you just lose it sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, it did for me. It, it worked for me. You know, I wanted to make him disturbing. You know, the makeup told the story about the master. Whatever people's opinion about it, it's supposed to be scary, disturbing. What it is. And for me, it was important to be, you know, I don't know. He was, he's, he's a predator, but he's, he's, he's kind of creepy. I want to make him creepy. And that's the, my, my, my whole take on it, because he is arrogant. You know, he, he's, like, he's just making fun of him. He could have crushed F right there if he wanted to. He's just playing with him, you know, because he knows he has power. 
he's, he's, he has it, you know, he's holding under control. So I just played him like, you know, like it's just mocking him, which he was, you know. Do they? But really get into it, the scene, you know, it really works, you know, you know when, especially a guy like Corey, he really sells it, he's a great actor too, you know, it's, it's, it works, the scene works, you know, luckily he had some good visual effects to help me too, make it look good too. <laughs> <laughs> how, in, how intelligent are we supposed to assume that the master is? Because we know he's all powerful and we know that he's very smart, but there's so much going through with, with Richard Samel's character and, and, and Eldritch Palmer in the show. Are we to assume that the master is kind of the, has the master plan or he's just using these people and they're using their resources to kind of develop these schemes? Well, I, I mean, he is, he is intelligent, for sure. He's been around for, for 5,000 years. And uh, he does use people, of course. He is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a very savvy politician, politically as well. You know, he's, he knows how to manipulate people in power. And uh, he does use them, you know, obviously with, with his, his own, you know, wants to basically what they take over the world and he, he'll, he'll influence and manipulate people. And he does have a, a lot of intelligence, which is kind of cool to, to, to see, to just big giant <laughs> fire, you know, that he is dangerous because he, he, he can see, and plus he can see everywhere as well, but all his vampires. You know, the, the, you can see through them what's going on. But he does have intelligence. You know, he's been around a while, and he learned a lot of things from humans. He, for him, what he does, for him, what he does, he's, like I said, he's just hungry. He just, he's hungry. He wants the blood. So, for him, there's nothing wrong, wrong what he does. You know, he deserves it. But, so, he, he seems... He seems, he, you know, he seems, he saw a lot of stuff worse than what he did, like the concentration camp, the yeah. whole, you know, the Holocaust. You know, humans can do far worse than the master does, and all the wars and stuff he's been involved in the past before that. A lot of atrocities caused by humans, not by the vampires. So what he does is nothing, you know, he just, he wants power, and the reason why he wants power is because he wants, he wants blood, you know, he wants control of control. So we have we have the finale of the strain coming this Sunday, October fifth, on FX. Um, it's been an amazing show so far, and you guys have already been picked up for season two. We know that that's happening, I, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to get my facts wrong, but um, what? Without giving any spoilers away. Can we expect anything amazing from the master in the next episode for the finale? Is this going to go out with a bang, and is this going to leave fans just wanting more and just r- really crying and wanting that second season right now? Uh, it is, as you said, it is a big, a big episode, the last episode, and uh, so yeah, it's going to go out with a bang for sure. And uh, you'll you'll see the master a lot. Uh, you'll see how you know tenacious he is for sure, how tough he is, but you know. And, uh, yeah, it's good. You'll find a lot of people's thoughts about the finish, how it's going to end. You know, won't expect it to. Obviously, people who haven't read the books, you know, people who read the books would probably understand what's going on. But, uh, but uh, for, for, for people who didn't, you know, they'll, they'll get a good, a good twist and surprise. The expectations, what they thought they knew, you know, it's, it's a lot of twist and turns. 
And I think people will be presently surprised by it. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us at AfterBuzz TV, Robert. Um, can you tell your fans where to follow you on Twitter and just shout out any projects you have coming up that you'd like people to tune into and keep track of you with? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, follow me, follow me on Twitter. It's Robert underscore Maya. And uh, my project, well, I am coming back. Uh, uh, I am coming before the uh, the, the uh, New York uh, Comic Con. Okay. Uh, the first one, actually, uh, for the uh, for the for the strain because they're doing a, a launching the DVD release in December, and that's next week. I'll be there between the seventh and the ninth of October, and I'll be there in New York. Oh wow! Talking to fans and stuff. So uh, yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys. Well, if you want to see Robert Maya, go to New York Comic Con October 7th to 9th and uh, watch him on the finale of The Strain this Sunday, October 5th, and season two. I'm sure you're going to be back for that. <laughs> you are the master. Um, thank you so much, Robert. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we can talk again sometime. Hope so, too. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Bye. All right, guys, this has been uh, a interview with Robert Maillet here at AfterBuzz TV um, for The Strain After Show. Be sure to check him out at Comic-Con New York. Be sure to watch the finale of The Strain. And be sure to go to iTunes, rate and comment, and subscribe, because we read your comments on the After Show on Sundays, and you guys get a shout-out, so definitely check that out. Guys, I want to thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time on The Strain After Show Specials. After the soundboard loads, and I can actually play the outro music and get out of here. But, you know, that's a fat chance. All right. Bye, Robert. Uh, there we go. All right. See you later, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.